in today's show, we're looking at the Detroit Pistons for fantasy basketball for the upcoming season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're talking Detroit Pistons in today's show. Lots of stuff to get to with this squad who is honestly one of the more deep, not necessarily good, but deep teams with confusing rotations that we're going to talk about. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Locked On Fantasy Bowl time. Um, at the time of me recording this, so I'm recording stuff in advance because I'm going away next week for a few days. Um, I have sent out invites for a bunch of shows. By the time you're listening to this, I would suggest that the Bulls invites have gone out and probably the Cavs invites have gone out as well. Mavericks and Nuggets, not quite. Remember, 360-team league for categories, 360-team league for points leagues. The rules are attached below. It's a $25 entry. It's on fan tracks. And we culminate in a grand prize winner for each format of $4,500. And you get to be the champion of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. I want to grow this thing to be really huge. We've got a bunch of fantasy analysts in it as well. And if you want to be in the Detroit Pistons divisions, you send an email to lofbbowl at gmail.com. In the subject line, you write Pistons Cats if you want in the category league. You write Pistons Points if you want in the Points Leagues. Points Leagues are having fewer entries, so there's a greater chance of getting into that league. If you want, you can get a spot in Points and in Category Leagues, so be aware of that. Only one spot, but one spot in Points and one spot in Categories you can get. So send that email through, but you have to wait till later in the show to find out what the question is that I'm asking. I'll give you the answer anyway, but just find out later in the show what the question is. Chuck that in the subject and whatever else you want to put in there to see if you can curry my favor to get into one of these divisions. Hey, I haven't actually told you guys. You know, I'm in one of the divisions. I'll tell you what, I'm in the Chicago Bulls division. So those of you who got into the Bulls division, you're against me. You probably beat me, but you're against me. I'm in that division. There's going to be fantasy analysts spread through all of the other divisions as well. Hopefully we get at least one analyst in each division especially for categories. Points League, we won't have as many analysts in there. But if you're in the Bulls division, you're against me. So there you go. Um, let's talk Detroit Pistons. Their schedule. 51 quality games. Av- bang, that's average. 13 back-to-backs. Also average. Not that there's anyone in this team that you're really worried about back-to-backs or that being a factor, but that's where they sit. The quality games is interesting because they are a team who's got a lot of streamable players. Not necessarily many must-roster type of guys, but a lot of streamable guys. And at an average number, they have some utility there. So being aware of these guys and where their value is at certain points during the year, there's going to be some use in, in these players. Their playoff schedule is not ideal, though. 10 games ending on March 19th, 3-3-4. It's not bad. It's okay. Nine games for a season ending on March 26th with the dreaded two-game week in the grand final. 
3-4-2. Yuck. And then 10 games for Yahoo default, ending on the 2nd of April, but with a two-game week. It's a 4-2-4 schedule. Two-game week in semifinal week. As you've noticed, if you've been watching a lot of these shows, that there are a lot of two-game weeks in fantasy playoffs. Normally, we get one team with one two-game week across a five-week period. How come we've got 10 teams that played two-game weeks over that same five-week uh, period this season? It's pretty weird to see that, but it's what's happening. So maybe the impact of two-game weeks isn't quite as severe this year because more teams are having to go through the same thing. But that's where that sits. What impacts the projections for this team? Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Is he actually a power forward? Or can they make him a power forward? I disagree with so many different things that Troy Weaver does, that Dwayne Casey does, and it makes it it makes him a hard team for me to analyze because I just keep doing things where I go, really? Really, this is what we're doing. Isaiah Stewart making him a power forward. He's an ideal backup center, starting center at a pinch. But maybe he can shoot threes. We saw him banging him at the end of last season. We saw him banging him in summer league. Is he going to start taking Carl anthony Towns' volume, attempting six threes a game, maybe hitting two? That opens things up a little bit, at least helps Cade Cunningham. I would argue you've got someone you can play at power forward who shoots readily already in Sadiq Bay or Isaiah Livers, but that's not me. I didn't assemble a roster with six centers and no wings. But can Stewart be that guy? Will that mean he can start next to Marvin Bagley? Again, seems an insane decision, but they, they might do that. But what if Stewart can't hit threes? Then him and Bagley and Duran and Noel, they all play the same position. So someone's missing out. Two of them are missing out. And then it opens up minutes at the four for Olinik and for Isaiah Livers. Or maybe for Hamadou Diallo to play the three, pushing Bay up to the four. If the Stewart experiment, which is what I think, recording this on, what's the date? September 18th? Recording this September 18th. If Stewart, oh, my assumption is he starts, but if he can't hit threes, a lot changes. What about old mate Dwayne Casey? He heavily relied upon Corey Joseph, who A, isn't good. B, doesn't have any future in developing in the league. Does he actually help you lose? Maybe. But he relied on him too much. He needs to break up with him this year because there's Cade. There's number four, four number five overall pick, Jaden Ivey. There's Alec Burks. There's Killian Hayes still on this roster. Does Joseph actually play? Or does Casey keep forcing 20 minutes into him at the expense of Ivy or Hayes or Burks, who all have cases clearly stronger than Joseph's to be playing? Burks is better. Ivy's younger to develop. Hayes is younger. I don't know how much more development Hayes has got, but I'd like to see him out there more than Corey Joseph. But if Casey can't break up with Joseph, Ivy's ceiling gets squished. Burks' value disappears. Hayes maybe doesn't play. Maybe it helps Hayes. He gets traded somewhere else. I don't know. What about Cade's efficiency? He really struggled early in the season, and people are, are really off him because they look at his rookie numbers, fantasy-wise. I'm massive into Cade this season. I think he's a good three-point shooter. I saw it at Oklahoma State. He was able to improve his shooting and efficiency down the stretch last season after overcoming that ankle injury and just adjusting to the NBA and the speed of it. But if he doesn't, me looking at him as a late second, mid, uh, mid to th- early to mid third round player, it doesn't work. He's like a f- 
fourth or fifth round guy if the efficiency doesn't at least improve. Not necessarily even to being great, just to being better than bad. That's a key swing thing. So if it doesn't improve, well, the team's going nowhere for a start and his fantasy value doesn't live up to where it needs to be. Um, so there are three, I think, really, really key things with what can impact this team projection-wise heading into the season. But much like Dwayne Casey wastes rotation minutes on Corey Joseph, maybe you're wasting money on subscriptions. 80% of people have subscriptions they forget about. Maybe it's an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. This is a great app that you can use that helps you keep track of all of your expenses. And because of it, you no longer waste any money on subscriptions you don't use. You might've heard of it. It is called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all of your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find the subscriptions that you didn't know you were paying for. You might even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you gotta do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Breakout candidate. Helps if your name's Isaiah. Talked about Isaiah Stewart already. If the three starts going down and you start taking threes and hitting threes at a higher percentage, it helps your scoring as well. Helps your three-pointers made, your scoring. Could he move back into being a top 100 player? At the moment, Stewart is getting drafted last round, 12th round, 13th round. And there is a real need for rebounds. It's hard to get rebounds late in drafts. I really like him for that reason in even round 10. I think he's a guy that if the shot starts falling, because he's not really a center-sized player. He's like 6'9". If the shot starts falling, then maybe my opinion on him as a long-term NBA starter changes. And then Isaiah Livers. I, if I was coaching the Pistons, I'm not an NBA coach. That's fine. But if I was coaching them, Isaiah Livers would start and he would start next to Stewart or probably, to be honest, Jalen Duran. Livers is a size, size, rangy, sizey, sizey, it's not right. Big, he's a good size. He's rangy. He's a wing. There's not many of them on this team. He can shoot. He's a smart team defender. He's not going to wow you with big blocks or huge scoring nights, but he's just really smart. He knows where to go. I think he should start. I don't trust Dwayne Casey as far as I could throw him. Great bloke, top bloke, trust him with everything apart from making sensible rotation minutes in the NBA. But I think Livers has a real chance to not only, you know, it's probably far-fetched that he starts, but he could easily just be a rotation guy and people go, oh, oh, this guy's really good. And we see that the clamoring for six, eight wing players who can shoot and defend, everyone wants them. That's why we're talking so much, man. It was it was bad that you know PJ Tucker left the Heat. What a great move the Sixers made by getting Daniel House. Daniel House. Everyone should go after you know um, Jay Sean Tate on the Rockets because you know, he can't even shoot yet. But wing defenders who can shoot, it's a massive skill. And I'm really I want to see Livers develop that. It's I know I've said this because I'm not the biggest Sadiq Bay fan. I think there's a chance it's small. I think there's a chance Livers turns into a better player than Bay down the line. 
we won't find that out this year. We probably won't find that out in three years. But I think down the line, Livers can be a better player than Sadiq Bay. What's their age difference? It's like six months. Didn't know that. Livers six months older than Sadiq Bay. There you go. Um, let's talk sleepers. I've already told you that I'm big on Cade Cunningham for this season. My name is Richie Cunningham. He was the 53rd ranked player last season with a horrendous start. Played 33 minutes. So the 33 minutes can automatically go to 35. Second year player, more used to the NBA. That can go up. I think he improves some of the efficiency stuff. I think we get a little bit more usage out of him. I think he actually starts taking over. Fantrax has got his ADP at 45. That's a marginal improvement on last season. Not enough for me. ESPN, the boffins over there, for some reason, have him ranked at 72. Actually, that's not true. They have him at 71, and his ADP is 72. Huh. That's wrong. And for every reason you could think of. It's horrendous. If you can get Kay Cunningham at 50, I'd be rubbing my hands together, let alone 70. I think he sneaks in a back-end second round. In the third round, I'm happily taking him. I know there is risk. I know there is risk. But a 25, 5, and 6.5 and player, maybe 1.3 steals, maybe 2.5 threes, maybe 46 and 80. Everything's in place for it. It might not work out, but sometimes you've got to take a flyer on guys, don't you? I think it's great value. And Livers, again, would I take him in round 10 of a 12-team draft? No. His ADP is 290 on Fantrax and 228 on Yahoo. I'll take him in the last round of a draft. There are other guys I'd prioritize over him, but I would take him there. I would take him in 14-team leagues. I would take him in 16-team leagues. I think he's a top 170 player. Some real value there. And of course, on ESPN, he doesn't have a rank and he doesn't really have an ADP. In points leagues, now, I do not like Marvin Bagley as a player necessarily. I, do, I thought the contract made no sense. No one was bidding against him. He hasn't proven he's worth that value. None of that stuff. And it looks like they're just going to start him. He is a good vertical athlete. He can't defend. He can't shoot. He can't pass. But he can catch lobs. I don't need to rehash my opinions on how good Marvin Bagley is. It's not just about because he was in Sacramento. He's just not good, I don't think. But if they're starting him, he is a points league value player because the two biggest things in points leagues are, like from on-court production, do you score or do you grab rebounds? And if you can do both of those in good volume, that, that's your best bet to getting fantasy points value. Now, Bagley, can he be a top 200 points league player? Yeah, he was 165th last season. He averaged 22.5. He could do that again really easily, especially if they play him 25 minutes a night. And his, his ADP on Fantrax is 294. On ESPN, it's 140, but that's their default number. That's a last-round pick. I actually like it. On Yahoo, it's 137. It might, might be sneaking up a bit, but as a last-round pick in a points league on Yahoo, I like it. He's a bad category league player because of field goal, free throws, steals, blocks, assists, threes. But in points leagues, he's fine. Might average over 20. And that's totally okay. So, Marvin Bagley, here's our question for the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. I bet you knew that I was going to ask a question about Marvin Bagley coming up, didn't you? So, Marvin Bagley was the second overall pick by the Sacramento Kings in the year that Luka Doncic went after him and Trey Young and Jaron Jackson. 
How many points per game did Marvin Bagley average in his rookie season? The answer is a career high, 14.9. Marvin Bagley averaged 14.9 points as a rookie in his first NBA season. Put that in the body of the email you sent to LOFBBowl at gmail.com and put in the title Pistons Categories or Pistons Points to get yourself into the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Let's look at some busts. I think, unfortunately for him, I think the depressed penis Sadiq Bey is a bust. Because of where he is currently being drafted. Now, Bay had a huge opportunity last season. They put the ball in his hands a lot. And yes, Jeremy Grant is gone. That's true. And so maybe Bay takes on more usage. But I wouldn't say he thrived with usage. 115th in category leagues last season, uh, Bay was. In points leagues, he was 94th. And I think he's about, they've got his spot about right in points leagues. In fact, there's probably a little bit of value for him on ESPN in points leagues where he's going at 113. But in category leagues, ADP of 89 on Yahoo, 90 on fan tracks. I'm not really sure what he does. He had a 50-point game. I know that. I, I do know that. Um, and he improved as the season went on, shot the ball really well down the second half of the year. But he's not a great rebounder. He's not an, a, par- a passer. He's not a steals or blocks guy. He can have iffy efficiency for a guy that's allegedly such a good shooter. He hasn't really shown that consistently yet. Maybe it comes, maybe it doesn't. And maybe this is it. Year three, it happens. I don't want to invest a round eight pick, which I have to in some situations, to get him on my team. When really, he's maybe getting me mediocre points with some threes. With deficiencies in um, field goal percentage, most likely, I would guess. Most likely, there's some sort of deficiency in his um, in his shooting numbers or in his field goal percentage. So... Yeah, at 89 or 90, it's just too high. I don't see the purpose of it. In points leagues, no one really stands out as having bust value, though. But when we talk about the last round, and when I talk last round, I talk standard leagues. Who would I take a flyer in the last round? There's so many guys on this team. I don't know why I write Isaiah Livers twice. One of those is supposed to be Isaiah Stewart. If he's there in the last round, you take him. I'd take him before that. Isaiah Livers, great last round flyer. I might even consider this guy. Jalen Duran. Now, I really think that Dwayne Casey's going to dick us over. And he'll start Bagley and Stewart. And he'll have a Linick and Noel. And then Duran will play limited minutes. Even though he should clearly be their center of the future. And they should be clearly seeing what he and Cade and Ivy and Bay can all do together. You can take him with that last pick. And then we find out more in training camp or in preseason. And then you can move on. But he's an option. I'd even consider Bagley. What if he figures it out? It's not impossible playing with probably the best player he's played with in Cade Cunningham. Cade had good synergy with Bagley. Efficiency Rose playing next to Cade. I don't ever think he's going to hit threes or ever pass, ever, or be anything defensively or hit free throws. And that really limits his category value. But if you are looking for some rebounds late, maybe you get him with your last pick. And then the other one to take a look at is Jaden Ivey. Now, Jaden Ivey falls into the boat of... You've got horrific translation numbers coming out of college for fantasy. He scored okay. Free throws weren't good. Steals and blocks weren't good. Assist rate was low for a point guard. Not a good rebounder. Not a great three-point shooter necessarily. And we've seen so many shooting guard type players 
which is what I think he translates to in the NBA, not a point guard. Do nothing. As number two overall picks, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Green. And then you've got the added concern of what if he plays 27 minutes a night for three months under Dwayne Casey because Corey Joseph and Alec Burks and even Killian Hayes has moved from untrusted rookie to trusted veteran now, apparently. Or, you know, maybe that's happened. So, hey, I'm supposed to be giving you positives here for Ivy. He's bloody fast and he's a good scorer and he was a high pick. You take the flyer there, it might not work. But if he is there in the last round, I don't mind taking a crack. But I do worry about how the all the overall game from him, and the same thing's going to happen with Benedict Mathurin when we talk paces, is that the overall game, the efficiency may kill you, field goals and free throws, and it doesn't get backed up with rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. And he's like a 13-point-per-games guy on 39% shooting for three months. And that doesn't help anybody. But maybe he's the exception. Maybe he plays 33 minutes a night out the shoot and you have him on your team because you picked him in the last round and it works. It is, it is distinctly possible. Because he should, fingers crossed, get a roll. Let's look at the roster. Cade. Yeah, no problem for me taking him in round three. Probably a little bit higher value in... Um, actually, no. Points in category about the same. There is risk associated with it pretty clearly. What if it doesn't happen for him? I'm pretty confident in him. Ivy, I've just said last round guy. Bay, I look at as the 110 sort of player rather than a 90 player. At pick 100, fine. No worries. Take a crack. The efficiency worries me. He can score. That can be valuable. He hits threes. That's valuable. Isaiah Stewart, good. Late round pick. Marvin Bagley, points league, nice late round pick. Category, not so much. We've talked about them a lot. Livers, we've talked about a lot. Duran, we've talked about a little bit. I really think Jalen Duran, out of everyone on this team, him and Cade Cunningham can be consistent. Top 50 fantasy players. Cade top 20, top 15. Duran top 40. Think peak Clint Capella as his overall fantasy upside, which is top 40. Maybe high. I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but it's why we want to take a, a, a flyer on him. He's going to be a better category league player than a points league player. Alec Burks was solid enough last season, but he played a lot of minutes. He was playing as a starting point guard in New York. He's not going to have those opportunities. He'll be a streamable type player, depending on how Casey wants to misuse him, and we might get something out of it. But it's not going to be too exciting. I don't know where Killian Hayes sits. Could he literally be out of the rotation if Ivy, Cunningham, Burks, and Joseph are playing? Yeah. Can he be, if he plays 23 minutes a night, he can be an assist and steal streamer, like a poor man's Ricky Rubio? Yeah, he can do that as well. I haven't seen really much to suggest that his offensive game is getting better. And with Ivy and Cunningham there, his prospects are low. But what if year three, he comes in, Ivy struggles, and Hayes actually starts looking good. He's hitting 40% of his threes. He averages 12, 5, and 6 with 1.5 steals. That's really useful. I'm not drafting him. Don't get me wrong. But maybe a top 200 season, maybe. Olenek, this is what I'm talking about. This team has got... 10 guys who are ninth men. Kelly Linick. Could he be a better starter than Marvin Bagley? Almost definitely. But he's 30, 31. And he's just not going to have that role that he had in Houston a couple of years ago where he was a top 40 fantasy player for fantasy playoffs. He's not going to get that opportunity here or if he gets traded anywhere else. He struggled a little bit last season. The signing never made sense. It didn't work out to make sense in real life either. So he just sits here. Noel, we know that you need steals and blocks. You take an emergency flyer. But again, is he even going to play? 
Olenek, Duran, Stewart, Bagley. Where's Noel fit? Is he even healthy? Is he even on this team? Then there's Hamadou Diallo, who people love. Man, he's so athletic. Yeah, he is. Yeah, man, he can defend, sort of. He cannot shoot. He cannot really pass. The only opportunity he's ever had at solid fantasy value was playing for a Thunder team before he was traded to Detroit when they had like three point guards out and he had to run point guard, played 40 minutes a night and had the ball in his hands the entire time. And then he put up some numbers. But he can't really play off ball. You don't want him to have the ball in his hands with Ivy and Cade and Hayes and Joseph and Burks. Is he a wing that sort of gets out there and maybe he's really efficient, really efficient because of his two-point finishing, but just can't shoot. He's, he is one of the worst fantasy players in the NBA on a permanent basis that gets hyped up beyond belief. I, I don't see a path for him to do anything. Corey Joseph surely doesn't play much. Then there's Braxton Key. They brought back Rodney Magruder. Kevin Knox is on this team. Now, he's terrible. He's been terrible. There's not really minutes for him. I sort of want to see him. And they've got Buddy Bayheim on a two-way. Oh, by the way, Kimber Walker is still on this roster. I, I have no idea why. Nobody can actually explain it. I've tried to find out. Nobody can explain why he is still here. They've got like 19 guys on the roster at the moment. And that's he's one of them. I don't know why he's there. I don't know when he's going. I don't know what team is playing him anywhere. Do, do not draft Kimber. I should have put him as a bust. He's got an ADP of 139 on ESPN, 146 on Yahoo, and 164 on Fantrax. I don't know where he's getting that value. I don't know where he's even coming close to playing 25 minutes a night. He looks wrecked. He's 32. He didn't look great. He looked terrible last season, apart from like a two-game splash sample. But Kemba Walker is still on this team. And that, much like Kemba Walker's Detroit tenure, should be it for this show. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, drop your comments down below. Subscribe, notification bell, all of that stuff. It's really useful. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.